Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. And, uh, always happy to have you back down here. I'm going to leave this, or keep this intro pretty short. Since you indulged a little uh, longer one on Monday, I hope you thought about uh, some of the things I said. Thought about the music, too, but really uh, some of the things about gun control and all that. Um, and uh, as we have seen played out this week now... Uh, the kids are taking charge. The kids are all right indeed, and they're going to lead us uh, to the future, I think. Uh, this is picking up steam. I'm actually uh, taping this right before there's going to be a town hall meeting with a lot of these kids uh, on CNN at 9 p.m. tonight. This is Wednesday night, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. But uh, this is... it. it, it in, in the face of tragedy, it swells the heart. Much like the album that we're going to be talking about today. Now, uh, Ryan Porter is a name you might not know, but you sure as hell know Kamasi Washington. You know the West Coast Get Down. Uh, Ryan Porter Porter is an an integral part of this group. And about eight years ago, maybe nine years ago, uh, they were getting up in Kamasi Washington's garage and making some tunes. He has an album out. It's not a triple LP called The Optimist. Uh, It is a record of that time. And, uh, it's fantastic. I'm going to talk about how fantastic it was. Got our friends Marcus Dowling down here and the uh, the mighty Marcus J. Moore from Bandcamp, senior editor at Bandcamp, down here. Every, t- every once in a while he bops into D.C. And, and every time it's like, hey, we got something to talk about? And we always got something to talk about, brother. And uh, and so we did. Uh, it's a great little conversation about an album that you need to hear, you need in your life. So we're going to be doing that. And they're going to be talking about the Mesthetics, which is a band I'll tell you a little bit about more about later. But suffice to say, it's got Anthony Pirogue, it's got Joe Lolly, and it's got Brendan Canty. So look up those names and uh, get excited because their project is rad. So we're going to be playing a little track from that. And that is your podcast. So if you guys are ready, if you're all set, you ever got your beverage, you got your friend, you're hugging your cat or animal or pet or whatever. It was just uh, Love Your Animal, National Love Your Animal Day, Love Your Pet Day. Uh, let's head on down to the basement. Hang out with my friends Marcus and Marcus, collectively known as the Markai, uh, for a conversation already in progress, talking about Ryan Porter's amazing new album, The Optimist. That's not my friend, dude. <laughs> no, no. That's good though. That's a good read. Yeah. Good, yeah. good to have, good to have you back. I always like when I get a text like someone in the in the middle of the week. It's just like, yo, I'm going to be in town. <laughs> Anything good to talk about? It's like yeah. I didn't get this text. There always I'm is sorry, shit man. good to talk. about. We, we talk about we talk about stuff all the time, like yeah. music and such. So yeah, when I'm thinking of it, I'll just say, oh yeah, I'm going to be in town. Let's yep. do something. Yep. Yeah. 
And then once we get the uh, once <laughs> Dowling uploads himself to the internet, then we'll be this, able. He'll be the, <laughs> third, the supreme brand of uh, what is the name of your new thing? Iconoclasm. Iconoclasm. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Um, it's a thing. That should be your your tagline. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole thing. I, I think it is. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So uh, no, we're. Um, I don't know. We we have a country panel, and this seems to be the jazz panel. Yes, all the times, which dude, I'm fine with. I'm fine I, with you. Stepped. You've been a lifelong jazz fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. but you stepped out in the past, well, like two years, really, and have been yeah, I've become aggressively like, talking about it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, before I would just kind of listen to it in private and not know what's going on. But mm-hmm. now, since I'd study and collect so much jazz, now I feel like I can kind of sort of talk about it. So. Right. I think this guy we're going to be talking about today. Actually, might have had something to do with that. Yeah, this whole this whole movement, the West Coast Get Down. Totally. Now we've seen uh, the the one that you listener are going to be familiar with is Kamasi Washington. Yes, obviously the epic, the last one, mm-hmm. more uh, more viably uh, Kendrick Lamar's to Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miles Mosley, part of the West Coast Get Down, friend of the cast. Yeah, uh, he put out an amazing album last year called Uprising. We talked to him, um, but. He played a little show at uh, this place called Songbird here in D.C., and a lot of this band came along with him from the West Coast Get Down, including this guy, Ryan Porter, who plays trombone. And the thing about the West Coast Get Down that I have found is that these are uh, essentially the biggest music nerds on the planet who who have made good. Mm -hmm. They have put in the work. They have, in many cases, escaped circumstances due to the uh, color of their skin, their location of where they're living, yeah, uh, their their socioeconomic position. Uh, they they have won. They they continue to win, and they continue to do stuff that uh, is actually, I think, at this point, enriching us in a way that a lot of music doesn't. Totally, you know, this it's a is a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, of creativity happening here. So when Ryan Porter comes along and says, "Hey," I want to put out a triple LP album of stuff that was recorded 10 years ago. Yeah. Normally the response is going to be like, hmm, I don't know about all that. Uh, in this case, it's like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, do that. Why, do why, that. Don't you, cool, why, why don't you go ahead and do that? Um, the Optimist was recorded in uh, Kamasi's parents' house. This is uh, late 2008 or 2009. Uh, their studio was called The Shack, and it was it was sort of a garage basement type type deal. And if you read about it, uh, you, you're gonna. There's some strong parallels to uh, Leonard Skinner, the Hell House, and he's talking a lot. There's a whole letter that comes along with this album mm-hmm. as to why he he made the album, and just talking about that time. And you know, he describes how planes are flying overhead, so you have to like close the windows, and it can only fit four people, but you fit eight people in to right. do all this stuff live. And this is ten years prior, so these guys have been like gigging, but they're not. They're not superstars, and they honestly, like, despite what the sounds you're about to hear, haven't really totally mastered their craft. Mm-hmm. They're getting there, uh, but it is the dedication to that in that story that is the same as like Leonard Skinner had this place called the Hell House, and they basically just skipped school and had to like shut all the windows in you know um, Alabama summers, and it just like scorched it. You know, and playing for hours. Right. Right. Like a song like Freebird doesn't happen just by accident or good songwriting. Like that comes from from that type of pressure. And I think a lot of the Kamasi work and definitely on this comes from that. Yeah. Um, this is a collection of, let's see how many songs we got in here. This is 11 songs. Yeah. Uh, it is, t- for my money, 
a little more vibrant than anything we've heard out of this group. Feels a little more alive. I was, maybe youthful. Mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. But also uh, on this album, besides uh, Ryan Porter, obviously Kamasi Washington, Miles Mosley, uh, The Beast, Cameron Graves, yeah. who is Tony Austin on drums, and a guy I wasn't too familiar with, uh, Jermaine Smith, mm-hmm. who is on one of the songs we're going to play. Is, uh, Edward Livingston, Aaron Haggerty, Brandon Coleman, Don, Dominic Thoreau, Robert Miller, and uh, Lyndon Rochelle uh, on drums. Uh, this is like the... Uh, uh, not the cutting crew. That's a that's a bad thing. No, the um, the wrecking crew. The wrecking, wrecking crew. This right. is I this is. Say, yeah. I mean, this is uh, real life Avengers like assembling uh, to do the work that we are now getting. Now, I want to play a song real quick because this also these songs were a response to Obama getting elected, uh, and it's which dr- was such a mind blower yeah. for me and given where we are right now not that every single podcast we do should be political mm-hmm. i'm sorry to interrupt huh. but this was done in a time that literally is anachronistic in yeah. every way mm-hmm. and you have to like transport yourself out of, okay so i was traveling and listening to this you have to transport yourself out of a time and space that you're in and travel backwards to a whole other time that feels completely discordant right. with what's going on right now. I, th- I yeah. think that's right. Uh, let's and hear a little bit of this because this is this is really the driving force behind the entire album. Also, one of the shortest tracks on here, which is funny. This is this yeah. is like the theme, uh, Abominomics. There's a quote uh, from Porter about this album that sums up, I think, this album and really the West Coast Get Town, and and you can hear it in that song, Why This Is Great. He says, I believe this record marks an important period in time for the West Coast Get Down, captured well before any recordings with Kendrick Lamar, the epic session. It was just the West Coast Get Down in a full state of optimism, recording in the shack in hopes for something better. And that's, I, I hear that song, and... Even take Obama's name out of it, and like you know, you were saying, you have to time travel back, and that to me sounds like a, a, a instant jazz classic. Yeah, like fifty years from now, you can put it on and be like, "Oh, this is yeah, right. This is where the West Coast get down." Like this is instantly, uh, really high up in the canon mm-hmm. uh, of American jazz. I think by emulating it and also, but starting to bring some of the weirder shit in, which was what you were right. talking about. Yeah, because it's like, okay, so I always look at, like, okay, so there's, like, a real archetype in jazz, which I like. I like the fact that jazz has these, like, archetypal great things that, you know, like, a lot of, you know, other artists are able to steal from 
directly and be able to create their own legacies. And that's like literally what happens here. Like you know your scales and you know like classic traditional great jazz pieces. Like if you look at like Coltrane, Donald Byrd, people like that, you're like, okay, I know what this sounds like. And if you like listen to like adult contemporary urban R&B in the 80s, you know what this sounds like. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, cool. And to be able to start and to be able to hear where they started from. If you've listened to like Harmony of Difference, if you listen to the Epic, if you listen to Miles Mosley's record, all this other stuff, and you hear how freeform it is, or a Kendrick's album especially, you're like, okay, so where did it come from? And when right. you hear where it comes from, it's so fucking structured. Yeah. And that's a real it's a really good feeling. It, you're it, like, it, okay, good. It, it is. As the as the record goes on, the songs do get longer. Your favorite yeah. track is like seven what seventeen minutes. Seventeen minutes, minutes yeah. Yeah. Um that is very that is very Morian. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh but you know, I think that is if I have to have a criticism of the West Coast Get Town, it is sort of that. Yeah. Is that they uh they're not hitting the far out and they maybe they're not aiming for it, the far out cosmicness that they're trying to get with this expansiveness. So you end up with a couple different modes that they're doing. Yeah. And over three albums, just like on the epic, it can beat you down. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But, which is which is so I mean, this is a hard sell for somebody to like just go out and get this jazz album and like three what? <laughs> what right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why that's why how many difference works so well because it's thirty four minutes. I yeah. I, and it feels short. Yeah. Yeah. It's like well, it, it, that's the thing. It's like. 30 minutes is short compared to uh, an album that's 173 minutes. Yes. But it's still very full and robust. Like at right. the end of Harmony of Difference, you, you don't feel like you got cheated. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, you tightened up those long, those longer passages into like, you know, right, really potent pieces. Right. Yeah. So, so more, I have not seen you or heard you be more excited about an album this year, <laughs> except for this one. Right. 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 When yeah. you heard it. And I mean, you're you're pretty much locked in on on the West Coast Get Down, right? I am, I am. I mean, admittedly, I don't think I was as all in on the Miles Mosley as you guys were, but mm -hmm. it's a good it's a good record. I mean, I'm not here to yeah. criticize, but yeah, just don't say he can't sing or Barb will. Kill I you. will not. <laughs> I, I heard that story. Oh, that's I the best story. I don't want that smoke. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's a very accurate assessment. Like as soon as I heard this record, I knew it was going to be a thing, and I think mm -hmm. that that's always the case with a West coast get down record, like from the first note, you know, like, okay, this is going to be a moment in time where even like you said, it beats you down, but years from now you can go back and be like, Oh, okay. I can see why yeah. this was a thing. Well, so. There's, there's a weird thing getting passed around with all these guys that they, they know all this is coming out. It's not like Ryan yeah. Porter was like, Hey, remember these tapes we made? I'm going to release them. Right. Like, right. So they, I mean, this is not it, it's Ryan Porter, but it is, this larger entity, this backup gang, this this Avengers of Jazz, right? Yeah, and and uh, they, it's like they're acclimating us to, mm -hmm. get, because there is nothing actually more rewarding than going through however many hours, like the epic. If you sit down and listen to the epic for three hours, you feel good about yourself, and you feel you good do. about life, uh, even if at parts of it you get a little like hazy, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like that's the thing with this one too. As great as it is, you know. I think this one does a better job than the right. epic of keeping you and keeping your attention. Mm -hmm. Whereas the epic, I mean, naturally, by virtue of it being three hours, naturally, your mind is going to wander a little bit. But this, I feel like even with the long songs and different arrangements and solos and such, 
there's a certain charm to it that just kind of keeps you but, locked in for yeah, right. The but time I feel period. like that's a benefit to the tightness of the themes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the themes here are especially tight. Like okay, so we're not going to play it, but Night Court in Compton, yeah, is wonderful because it's based off. You can of, play a little bit of it. Yeah, I, I love it because it's literally based off of the theme from. 1980s NBC comedy, <laughs> Thursday which, Night Comedy. Which is something that shows up, not that, but the happy of the theme right. shows up later in the Yeah, album, of course, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally Night Court, which, which is, is smiles and laughs, but at the same time when you get to like the, uh, the, the little like coda with the drum, yeah, and you know it, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's funky <laughs> as hell. And then it just, and then they loop it, and you're like, oh, okay. I, I know it's about to happen. Let's play a little bit of Night Court and Compton and see what you're talking about. Yeah. indeed that is that is just like people especially in songwriting take for granted the work that you can do in an instrumental thing and in jazz right and a lot of times i think people see jazz artists as sort of walled off from the greater culture and stuff they're right. not like <laughs> they're they're right here with the rest of us and around that time yeah. night court is being played in reruns for like ever Right. Like, of course TV it's going to end up And you, you grew up with it. Yeah. And you know it. And, and it's one of those things. Okay. So it's like, this is looping go-go because the, the, the hip hopper track on here is a go-go track to mm-hmm. me. It just is. It's a go-go cover. It just feels like it. But um, there's a thing with the great like go-go artists and the great like jazz artists too. When you come up with that stuff in school and you learn how to play your instrument in school, the first thing you do is make, a, is you play a cover of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know those covers because it's like. Because you want it, that's the easiest way to like impress your friends or impress a girl or whatever is to play like, oh yeah, I could play Night Court. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, really? That's the thing you could do? Yeah. Boom. Watch. But, burr, but, burr, burr. but the reason, the real reason behind that is because that's the best way to learn. I mean, if you're, right. if you're doing cover songs and especially like jazz standards, like those are, those are standards and those are out there and you want to cover them because somebody was really good right. at the form. Yeah. And just by imitation, like there's, I, I know in, in strings, like I was raised on the Suzuki method and it's, yeah. it's strictly imitation and there's right. Suzuki and jazz too. And it is literally like you read the notes and you do that and there's no room for improv. There's no room for anything. It's just, you have to trust your ear and you have to trust this. Yeah. And if you're learning that way, then you can, 
and I, and I'd say here they're about on this album they're maybe seventy five percent through their journey to being the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Yes, mm-hmm. which they uh, undoubtedly are. Yeah, which they undoubtedly sure. are. Uh, you know, you you get that way because all of a sudden you start to sound like Coltrane. You start to sound like right. Miles. You start to sound like your heroes. And then that unlocks a whole different thing. And it's, it's wild. Um, and it's been wild to see them so, do this. I want to ask you something. Sure. Because we haven't, we haven't talked about this in some time. So Harmony of Difference. Mm-hmm. That's the first time that I heard Kamasi sound like a virtuoso. Like, yeah. Really, like, really, like, em- embody that thing i can i can agree with that because even when you're listening to the epic i mean it was like these sessions for everybody like right miles mosley songs came out of that some ryan porter came out of that right all kinds of people cameron graves but no i agree like because when you listen to kamazi on harmony of difference i think for me that was the first time that i heard him like experiment with the way that his notes came out right mm-hmm. and know? it sounded like him it sounded like him parts, at the forefront. Right, because there's parts of the epic where you're like, okay, I could clearly tell what was in his head when yeah. he played a certain note. You're like, okay, because, you, you know, we listen to enough music to the point, and you too, Ken. Yeah. Like, you listen to enough music where you know almost what was in somebody's head. Oh, yeah. When they hit a drum, drum you know, hit a drum a certain way or they, right. you know, play an instrument a certain way, you know the, the note they're going for and if they got it. And that's like the key. So, well, yeah. and I think for me, at least in listening to the epic, it's like so many songs. I felt like some of those maybe weren't earmarked for his album. They just kind of were in there jamming. Yeah, we, they weren't in there for the specific reason of saying, OK, this is for my three, my triple album that's coming out. guys." Yeah. They were just all in there jamming. Right. Whereas with Harmony of Difference, you could tell like, OK, no, I want this to sound like this. This is going to be the um, the melody. And we're just going to counter around. He did counterpoint. Right. Yeah, of course. So yeah, point, counterpoint. This the is the thing. Yeah. This is the thing we're going to do. So and, I and that mess with structure was actually that was unique for him, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he does it live. I don't know if you saw any of the shows for the epic. Uh, I did. So, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's like it's an epic. I mean, it's long. It's but yeah. but he's doing a lot of what he did on Harmony and Difference, I think, with that and and breaking into themed segments. Yeah, uh, yeah. That he executed on. Do you, do you see any of that going on here, or is this just straight a bunch of friends jamming in the garage? That's that's the way I saw it. I mean, I don't know if that is the correct answer, but I just kind of felt in listening to this record, I just. I'm a visual listener, so I, I can almost see everybody in this really cramped space, and they're all just trying to make it. They're all just trying to, like you said, just trying to look for something a little more positive or something better. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they necessarily had a theme around this. They just It was just a bunch of friends just jamming out, right? honestly. I mean, to the to the point about like covers that you were saying, um, you know, Night Court is definitely inspired, but uh, I want to play a little bit of track. We're not going to. It's eight minute track, so we can't play. Oh, I know, I know, I, I know what you're about to play. Uh, oh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna tell you who they're who they're <laughs> they're trying to be. Uh, you'll, you'll get it immediately. Here's a little bit of a little sunflower.
Yeah. Right right off the top, man. Hey, Curtis, man. Mayf- Curtis Mayfield, pusher right. man. Off the rip. And somewhere, Curtis is standing up in his grave. And cheering, like, he's oh, just shit. like, "Fuck yeah, you, you, <laughs> like, you oh, know, yeah. you know what this was about." You, yeah, right, you right, nailed right. it. And then you go further into the song a little bit, and all of a sudden it's like, "Wait, Miles, who let Miles into the room?" Yeah, right. And, that, and that's why you know, three Jermaine Smith is on this album all over the place. But on that, it was and and back to my point about how you learn and how you get better and gigging and stuff. You know, they're out there doing. Especially in uh, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. they're doing gigs where they're just playing like straight Miles Davis. Yeah. So this kid at this point knows yeah. what this is. And I mean, <laughs> it's it takes balls to put it on a record is what I'm saying. So I was good. I was, uh, I mean, one of the things about the West Coast get down in general is that it's it's like if you're if you're in any way like aware of like the skills it takes to play these instruments then you start to appreciate what they do when you like break down. Because the thing, I don't know if you do this or you guys do this, but when we, when I listen to their tracks, I isolate instruments in my head. So sure. like Ryan Porter does a thing at the start of this track mm-hmm. where you have to have like genius level breath control to be able to whip a trumpet note. Like the trumpet, it's a, it's a trombone rather. It's a, it's an instrument that takes like, skill and depth you have to like let out the air and pull it back Mm -hmm. and do it in such a way that you're like okay i'm gonna play this long enough to get around the 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 depth of this like organ note that's playing and it's an organ so it has reverb and and size right sonics you you have to concern yourself with the sonics because you're like if you play it too short it's gonna make the track muddy and not sound good. Mm-hmm. And he's able to like whip that thing around this big giant organ note. And you're just like, how? Like how, Sway? Like, Training, son. Training. No, I know. But I mean, that's and this right. is like, Water, and this is right. 10 years before is, yeah. the rest of the world is like, oh, these are the geniuses. Right. Back then, it's like, who are these guys? Right. Like all those guys that just played down at that club like last yeah. Friday. Oh, okay. Right. That's and I up. think that's one of the great things about jazz right now is the thing that everybody's discovering at the same time mm-hmm. or rediscovering yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Is that the level of talent of everybody was already there. And now you're just giving people the freedom to be more free. That's, a, that's it exactly. Yeah. Which is like, Oh my God. At the same time, what's coming on, and this is just from talking to people in that camp, which I'm sure you probably had this conversation too more, you know, there's an active effort in the members of the West Coast Get Down to uh, popularize jazz for a new audience and not, it's not dumbing it down at all, but it is making it more palatable and making, and doing, you know, even if something as small as like Kamasi, every show, he's like, there to talk to fans. Right, right, He wants right. to talk to people about jazz. Miles is the same thing. I mean, all of them are. Uh, they're as much, uh, like, just giants in the field as they are educators and, and like, delivering this message out to people. Uh, on a, a three LP album, I mean, that's... That's that, ambitious. That, that is, yeah, it, it is ambitious. And, that and, you know, I go back to that as the ding for it because, like... um. This is clearly part of a a plan. Kamasi doesn't have the next three uh, three LP album yet. Mm-hmm. This is in the pipe, so Ryan's putting it out. Uh, he's putting it out at a time. This is an album inspired by Obama. He's 
putting it out in the darkest timeline we know. And, and, and it's just wild to think that they have this. I, I want to know their plan is what I'm saying. I want to know the full plan. I, I, I want to see, like, when does this get to Black Panther? I mean, that, that's what I want to know. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, I think that they're playing the long game. You know, yeah, when, I, when, exactly I think about, when I think about like Ryan Porter, when I think about any of those West Coast get down records, it's one of those records where even 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you're in the record store. You're like, or even you can't even find it. And it's one of those where you go on Discogs and it's going for like 300 bucks, mm-hmm. 400 bucks, whatever. Right. So I feel like with these guys, it's it's ultimately going to win because it comes from a very genuine place. Like yeah. they don't just sit around saying like, oh, we're going to make a lot of money from this. Like you can tell the Kamazi and those guys just legit want to put great music out into the world. And so it's working. I mean, they're they're putting stuff out. And I think people are going to be here for the Ryan Porter record, even yeah. though it's not he, he doesn't have the same like marquee value as a Kamazi. But the fact that he's playing music that's just as great. I mean, he's part of that collective. It's, it's so, in the, and that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. in that they've built a shared universe. Right. If you are aware of Kamasi, you're going to know what this record is. Totally. Period. I mean, because he doesn't act like it's just him alone. I mean, he shouts no. out the collective all, and he travels with them. So. Right. Yeah. Of course. Which is that, and that's what's wild is that yeah. you know as much as, uh, I mean, they do take the spotlight clearly, mm-hmm. but. On the credits for this, it lists every single person of the Get Down that played totally. to every track. You don't often see that. That's true. But but it's and that's very I think intentional. That's saying this person does this. Do you like that? And and you will be able to point to like another record. Yeah. So if you let, if you hear Cameron Graves and you like that, you're probably going to be able to go to Ryan Porter's site and be like, hey, here's Cameron Graves' record. Right, and that's the thing. They're all showing up on each other's records, and I think it's a, it's an album or their their music is definitely music for nerdy people like us right yeah, where right. it's like when you when you crack open the the triple vinyl you'll look down and you i mean we know the names but like yeah other people will say like oh cameron graves who's that like you just said yeah. like who's that go find that record or oh who's jermaine smith go look his stuff up right and that leads that leads you down this rabbit hole of like really really good jazz that they've been doing forever it's just because of kendrick's album and kamazi's first album mm. now there's a palette for it now right. you can see Kamazi at a at a festival. You can see Ryan Porter at a festival and get like proper billing. Yeah, and yeah, right. in the and, back rooms exactly. And, and it's because like and, and like to to the point I was making, it's because you have you start off with something like Abominomics. That's the second track on the album, three minutes long. To Chocolate Nuisance, like the last track, seventeen, 17 minutes. Seventeen minutes. So even within the space of this album, they they've conditioned you. Right. Like you, you're in because you're going to say it's six minutes, three minutes, three minutes, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're in and you're like, oh, I, I think, I, well, it's on. I don't want to get up and change it. I don't want to do like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and the thing with, with this album is that even though when you look at it, it is a bit jarring when you see like, oh, this song is eight minutes, 54 seconds. Oh, this song is seven minutes. But it doesn't feel like it when you're listening to it. No. I always put on jazz records and you, you, you have to start from the beginning and just kind of let them play. And that's the thing. I, I think that's one of the things about the West Coast Get Down guys, especially especially this record, namely, that we're reviewing, is that you, you, you put it on and because of the way it swings and moves, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to turn it off mm-hmm. because it's just so en- engrossing in right. that way. So yeah. the other thing I want to say is that how much music do these guys actually have? A lot. A lot. Right. And that's A the lot. thing. And that's the thing that's yeah. fascinating about it is like, okay, so I had a, I had one of my mentees compare them to the Wu-Tang Clan of Jazz. Yeah. 
in the sense that I'm not mad at that the woo when they were hot in like 94 95 they they put out the first they put out 36 chambers which mm-hmm. you've heard now so you you know where I'm now. going with this so and then method man put out a record and then Raekwon put out a record right the and then all these guys put out records and then you're waiting and then all of a sudden there would just be like random posse cuts that would just show up as like a b-side somewhere and you'd be like how and that was that always happen? like, and, was, and it was always a, uh, like near the end of the album. Right, and you're like, how did that happen? Right, right. And this is right. the thing with these guys is that they, they're they're democratizing the whole idea of being a musician to make this weird shit okay. Yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. if you it, and I made a joke about Black Panther, but like you know, you get into that Marvel shared universe, like Black Panther is the pinnacle for a lot of reasons. Right, mm-hmm. but they laid everything out to get to that and so now what they're doing they're doing what Wu-Tang Clan did yeah. and stuff like you, like you don't necessarily have to leave your block no. right, if you right. follow me you know you're right. like we got it all right here you yeah we this? can do what we I'm, do and still I'm yeah. intrigued to see though because you know like the fascinating part we were talking about the epic where like you know track like for various other people's the, the epic recording sessions gave music to everybody's record right so the next person to break out, like Kamasi broke out, mm-hmm. there's literally no idea who it will be. I don't. I don't know that it'll be anybody. And that, it might I, just be him. Yeah. I mean. Right. I mean, but they're, but but they're okay with it. Is, is no, I, I know they're okay with it. But I look at I look at these records and I go, okay, so this is going to become a thing because this music is just undeniably great. Yeah. And Kendrick Lamar continues to just make great music. Black mm-hmm. Panther soundtrack, which mm-hmm. I listened to this morning, is phenomenal. It, it is it's yeah. just okay, like great. So, you know, and he's kind of like the bellwether for this because you have to go back through and then when you listen. And when you hit Two Pipper Butterfly, because I've met my first person recently who listened to Two Pipper Butterfly for the first time, like last week. Who what? is this? <laughs> these, are, these are people. This is, this That's is, amazing. Yeah, this is someone in my, in my Orange Theory fitness class. Okay. To give you a sense. Okay. All right. Just, just, <laughs> Got we're it. just gonna leave it there. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I just listened to this Pipper Butterfly the first time and I want to hear more jazz. See, yeah. and that's the thing, and and I and, noticed... then, and now she's going through the rabbit hole, and wherever that ends up is wherever that ends up because everybody has stuff out. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, somebody else in this collective, because of just just sheer numbers, has to be somebody that some that a a, a mass of people will catch on to, and say that's the other person. And then that's the other person. It's like at least there's three or four people in that collective of artists that I feel like yeah. have superstar virtuoso level potential. Which is why I'm glad that this record exists. And it's and that it's ten years old. Yeah. And that you could say, okay, well, where's the next Ryan Porter record now? Because this is ten years old. So you're gonna like now you're looking for his work and he has a children's record. Yeah, that wasn't that bad. came out last year's not bad. But you're like, okay, it's a children's record. So you're like, where's the next adult? listening experience of this great and, and to that musician. point to that point a lot of people would be like uh do i really want to listen to somebody made a children's records like yes it's music right and plus it was really well done and yeah. It, never, yeah but never mind it was really well done it's music that's what musicians do right like you get inspired to do the thing and then you do the thing and it was and, different yeah, yeah right. it's different you know to your point as we sort of try to wind this down more i uh you know you mentioned off mic that this sounds a little muddy and yeah. that and that and that sort of suits your taste i agree yeah. In a good way. And that's the thing. It's like, for me at least, when I listen to jazz music, I don't I don't like jazz that's 
overly polished or overly mixed and mastered. When I listened to this, the first thing that came to my brain when I was walking around cold ass New York listening to this on headphones reminded me a lot of that Shabaka and Ancestors mm-hmm. record where it also had long tracks on there. But even Shabaka told me directly, like, no, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mix it. I didn't want to mix it or master it. I wanted it to sound like an artifact where when you discover it years later, it sounds like it's supposed to sound. I don't think jazz, jazz you could just take it like you said, to yeah. your point. This is the mic that you have. This is the setup. We're in like mm-hmm. an old church or old studio. You're going to hear the reverb and it's going to sound amazing. Why, okay. So like Shabaka's from South Africa, right? No, he's from London. He, he's from London. Musicians he's musicians are, from South Africa. Okay. Yeah. So there's a thing with especially in South Africa right now with like music and this ties into the jazz conversation mm-hmm. is that all the artists that are coming out of there and there's a, just a, a sk- just a scad of underground artists. You notice you've been there yeah. that are just, just popping out right now. Totally. And all of their stuff is like largely unmastered. Yeah. And it all, and it all intentionally sounds like crap well, in, in a way that like, not like not to denigrate the music, but like yeah. the sonics of it. And like, the thing is like, we just make this. Mm-hmm. So, like, the electronic musicians from there, they're like, we have cracked equipment that we stole from the internet. So, we make yeah. this this way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We make, sure. we make beats on Fruity Loops. We to, just do. To that, to that point, you know, the, back, and back to the idea of, of this being done in a garage, we know, uh, just from being down here, having a space to create is powerful. Oh, yeah. A uh, space to call your own and make your own. I just put up a pork poster. That's going to inform people coming down here, right, of, yeah. of, of how they should act, what the vibe they should be getting. Uh, having a garage where, like, eight of your friends grew up in is the same thing. Like, this is where we uh, create. This is where we escape. This is where, you know, everything mm-hmm. is outside that. It doesn't matter at that time. Yeah. Um, but – and I think I just lost my point. <laughs> no, I was going to say – No, say, uh, yeah. no, no, no yeah. to, that, to that point, uh, you know – when we talk about it being in jazz being like, it's just the mic that you use and it's like the room or whatever. We don't think about music like that too much anymore. And I, I think back to, especially, especially not in like rock or folk or anything. I think back to uh, a record I have upstairs, uh, the Cowboy Junkies, uh, the first album, uh, Trinity Sessions. And they literally went in with like two mics in an old church in Canada and yeah. got this, sound and that sound defined them right so like you said the creaks of the church but it also yeah. it fit the music and we don't now when we do that it, a lot of times it's artificial right yeah. uh, a lot of times it pushes in and it exists though all the time in jazz all the time and almost I, any record you pick up from a jazz artist man you can hear the breath and i think that's why i don't know i it's I guess I'm just speaking more to my listening experience, but like even today when it's time for me to get a new record from Bandcamp or whatever, it's more than likely going to be a jazz record, an yeah. old jazz record, because yeah. they right. all sound like that. You can yeah. hear the hiss and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's just where I'm at right now. And I feel like that type of music lasts longer because it, to me, at least it feels more authentic. And a lot of the music that comes out now feels a little too packaged and processed. Yeah. The warmth of the trombone right. on this record, like, just it'll bowl you over. So for like people who don't listen to this stuff, like on a routine basis, I will tell them that the trombone is an incredibly inviting instrument to hear. Like mm-hmm. it's it's different than like jazz guitar, which you think of as like a very like staid instrument. Yeah. But like trombone, it's a big warm instrument. It's like you're like oh okay, I get that, and you, and it makes you, you want to hear more of it. So yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah so I I mean I. 
I want more albums like this this year. Same. Uh, I don't even. I don't need to be jazz. I, I want somebody. Uh, actually, somebody didn't. Well, it's jazz, so it doesn't count. Julian Lake mm. uh, just made. He's he's another guy doing stuff. I and, uh, and I just yeah. did you listen to it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, his what's his name is new album. I'll put it in the show notes. It's uh, but you know he's doing stuff, and and I think maybe with jazz it's necessity. I think with other things people see it as a measure of like courage or bravery and so and, and if people just stop thinking about that there's very much a uh diyness to it when you yeah. when you do it like that but the problem i think the diy has dug itself into a hole of it means it sounds like shit whereas it doesn't have to yeah because again if you have the right mic and you have and you're good at the instrument any room you play in you're just gonna you can get that sound yeah totally and you and it's up to you to figure out how to make that work and that's the thing it's like even i mean i know we're we're also talking you know we're speaking to stuff crazy stuff that i like but like mm-hmm. there's a forthcoming rap album coming out from gene gray and quelly yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that is totally like it's diy they recorded in their apartment they had all these like they have all these guest features over like just recording in their basement mm-hmm. or in their wherever mm-hmm. yeah and it's amazing. Like, it's lo-fi and all of that, and it sounds really good for that same reason, where the it's not the, overly processed. The first Sylvanesso album was recorded in their bedroom. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. If you you if you understand the space you're working in, whether whatever, it's music writing or whatever, like right. you, you can bring that in, and it's honestly, I think it's kind of your job. Yeah. You need to... It'll make your art stand out over everything else. Because if it all sounds just like, oh, that was done in Studio XYZ... And you can't tell the difference between Studio X, Y, or Z, then you're not going to care years later. Totally agree. This, look, it's a good sell, but like, yeah, we did it in the garage, whatever. But I'm always going to pick this up over another album because I'm just like, these motherfuckers did it in the garage. Can you right. believe it? Our friend Aaron Abernathy. Yeah. That motherfucker did it in a basement. He sure did. Yeah. There's a There's a thing about just being really talented at, your instrument yeah like okay so like so like the ramones were like a i don't want to say this about diy the ramones were a once in a generation once in a lifetime group of artists who happened to strike upon a sound with three chords on a guitar but they weren't diy they were they were going straight into the studio right but I mean, but i mean but the sound in, in yeah, it's a very gritty some, record yeah, yeah right, inspires people yeah. that do a diy thing like i want to make a record like gotcha, the ramones yeah. or like Nirvana, they, they, what, and you're like, what no. They, what, what they inspired was not being great at your instrument. Right, but, you, <laughs> but, the, thing is, but the whole point, the, okay, so, and this is going to sound dumb, stupid, simple, but it's a, it's a thing that I say to, like, artists that I talk to now every day. Be good at your instrument if you're going to pick up an instrument. If you're yeah. going to actually pick up an instrument to play it, learn how to play it well. Agreed. Because you've picked it up. So why would you not learn how to play it yeah. well? That may, That's literally against the point of picking it up in the first place. Yeah. Well, and here's other advice that I tell artists every single day. Just make the album that you want to make. Don't don't feel like you have to fit into a box of what other people are trying to do. And that ties back to Ryan Porter. I mean, this is a totally an unconventional record. Right. But he just made the music that he wanted to make. And mm-hmm. he's putting it out like, oh, here, here you go, guys. Yeah. Like, it, somebody, it'll find the right ears. Right. Eventually. Because good music always does. Just make, yeah, just make really good music and you'll be just fine. 
What was yeah. the quote in that, uh, that wild Quincy interview? Yeah. Oh, which you know, one? Like, <laughs> which one? You like, you, like, one. you like fries with that? <laughs> right, right. You like Brazilian music? Uh, no, it, but it, it was the one talking about modern music and it was saying how uh, if you pair up with these, essentially these big brands, uh, God leaves the room. And God mm-hmm. leaves the room, you ain't got shit. Yep, and and as crazy as that interview is, that's 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 why Quincy's a bad, mad man. And that's why he's <laughs> a kajillion billionaire, right. and he's 84, and he says whatever the hell he wants right. now. Yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't like, you? What, why not? Yeah. What are they going to do? Yes. I, made, I made Thriller. <laughs> I already got your money. Right, I produced Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Just put that in the, in the business card. I produced Thriller. I produced Thriller. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, yeah, we don't really rate albums anymore, but I mean, this is, I mean, I know you already got it. Uh, this yeah. is, this is one you need to have, you need to experience. So however you got to get it in your ears, do it because uh, it's, it's just shit like this just makes, makes your day better. Totally. Yeah. I think that's the best review right there. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Just that's it. Cool. Exactly. So yeah. Cool. Thank you guys for coming down. Uh, more, Thank you, man. this is about once a month now. I like it. Yeah, man. Like it, like let's it. try to so, let's keep the schedule we, we, up, man. We are uh, gonna. I, I haven't heard it yet, but you did mention the Quell Chris uh, Jean Grey album. I, I want to get into it uh, when it comes out, and we're gonna try to dial you in from New York City. Oh, because we can do that. It's gonna be That's awesome. Right. But uh, we're, we're gonna try to do that. But anyway, thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, we're gonna take a quick short break and be back and uh, play with some other music here. All right. Always a pleasure to hang out with the Mark I, uh, even if we're not talking on the mic, talking about music, always always a great, great time. And um, The Optimist, if you're listening to this on Thursday, is going to be out tomorrow on Friday. And uh, I would do what I did and pre-order the triple vinyl. Can't wait till that gets here and I'm uh, going to get going to get heady up in here. But uh, amazing work. Uh, and, and, and as I think we sort of put out the case, built the case for, it is... What the West Coast Get Down are doing uh, is a a model for how not necessarily to succeed in in the world of music today, but how it should be done. It's about the art. It's about creating beauty out of nothingness, and uh, they they excel at it, and that's why they succeed. Quite honestly, um, before we get out of here, I said I'm going to play you a little track from the Aesthetics now. Uh, this is a band. Uh, the first thing, if you if you look them up online, you're gonna be like, uh, rhythm section of Fugazi. And like, Great, okay, you know how we feel. Fugazi's been dead for a long time. Uh, Brennan and Joe Lolly are, are are amazing musicians, uh, but the real star here is somebody that uh, for now I think four years we've been scared to talk to on this podcast. Anthony Perogue, uh good friends with his brother Kenny Perogue from One of Man. You know him. But uh, Anthony is is one of the wildest and and best jazz guitarists I've ever seen. I've ever heard. Uh, he can he can go from you know Danny Gatton esque stuff to just far out weird, uh, not even jazz like Satriani shit. Um, he's amazing. At some point, but these guys got together and they've made an amazing album. Uh, I, it is it has been resonating around my ears for a while now, uh, but it's going to be resonating in yours. 
come March. And uh, I wanted to get you a little taste of it, though, here. Uh, so this is a track. It's called Serpent Tongue. It's off their debut album. It's just self-titled, The Mesthetics. And, uh, man, it's going to rock your fucking face. So here you go. Mesthetics with Serpent Tongue.
aesthetics indeed. Holy fucking fuck nuts. God. Mm. Uh, you know, I have, um, I've been going down a little bit of a jazz hole, not just in my listening habits, but in my playing habits as far as, yeah, I, I grew up playing guitar as uh, more of a classic rock guitarist to sort of a little lead, mix between lead and rhythm. I ain't holding down either way, but uh, jazz always fascinated with me, and, and I think uh, I'm, I'm ready to maybe take the plunge and uh, and get hard into it. And, and it's music like this that, that says, yes, yes, you should take the plunge. And you should take the plunge in March when this album comes out. They are actually going to be playing a show here coming up on the 1st, I believe. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, right in our hood at the Do Drop In. Um, that is, it started off as a little sort of a towny bar. And I uh, know they've had some pretty cool shows there. So I will be there for sure. And hopefully uh, we're going to get them on the podcast talk. I'm going to get over it. I'm, I'm going to not be scared or intimidated by Anthony's uh, <laughs> godlike powers on the guitar. And uh, we'll get him down here to talk about this project and uh, just music in general. Because, man, is it awesome. This is what I want to hear all year 2018. All year long. Uh, that is it for our podcast for uh, this Thursday. That's our podcast for this week. If you liked what you heard, you can uh, tell your friends, first of all, but also you can subscribe to us in iTunes. That's Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating or a message there. You can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, and or Stitcher. Um, you can also listen to us on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com and Spotify. Right now, you can go to Spotify uh, you can listen to, if you're listening to this on Friday, The Optimist will be out. So look up The Optimist on Spotify and then type in Optimist Chunky Glasses. And we're right there. You don't have to leave the app. It's kind of amazing. Uh, that is in part due to our amazing podcast hoster, Pippa. Pippa.io for a small fee. You can go there and they will give you the tools you need uh, to host your podcast, to get it spread out to the world, to get you a good idea. The one thing I ask, guys... I encourage everybody to do this because I think this is in everybody. But the one thing I ask is, look, make sure you have a good idea. We've got enough noise in the world, and so a lot of what we've done has been noise. I <laughs> cop to that. But uh, but make sure you got a good idea. But I think I think you do if you're listening to this. So if you got a good idea, go to Pippa.io, sign up, uh, get going, and, uh, and let us know. And we can shout out your podcast. We can shout out your new venture. Uh, also, as always, thanks to Jamal Gray. He donated the music here. It's under the name Aquatic Gardener up on Bandcamp. Links down in the show notes. Uh, he did This was a three-song EP project he did last year, a couple years ago, and it's uh, built on beats and found sounds. It's amazing. You can find him, as always, uh, out in the universe, but uh, Uptown Art House, he is one of the main guys running it there. And Nag Champa and uh, Reaganomics are, are on the rise. I feel a wave coming, kids. It's, they're going to they're gonna land sooner or later. But, uh... But yeah, can't can't can't. It's always great to see what Jamal does next, and can't wait to see it. Um, coming up in the next week or so, few weeks. Uh, Monday, our uh, part two of our Sounds of DC series. It is Black History Month, so we're going to be focusing on uh, everything that made Chocolate City so great: jazz, go-go, hip-hop. Now uh, we're going to be targeting in on that, uh, playing you some some local tracks, some old and some new. Sort of like try to contextualize it for you. Um, and then I think we're going to have, uh, after that, at some point we're going to have a conversation based on uh, our realization that Sunny Sweeney is supported by the NRA. We like her album. We like her music. But 
we do not like this. She is supported by the NRA, and she accepts their money. So we're going to have a conversation about art versus uh, artists and uh, stuff like R. Kelly, stuff like Chris Brown. Um, it's, it's, it should be a fascinating conversation. I think that's happening place tomorrow. And uh, and then beyond that, Lucy Dacus' album is still coming out, folks. Historian, get ready. Only got a few weeks, and uh, you are not ready. I don't know why I said get ready, because you're not ready. It's an amazing album. Anyways, that's it. We are out of here. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. Talk to you in a few. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>